5: Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: You're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network, where we offer you podcasts of the supernatural and the unexplained. Get ready now for Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain.
4: Hi, I'm Sandra Champlain. For over 25 years, I've been on a journey to prove the existence of life after death. On each episode, we'll discuss the reasons we now know that our loved ones have survived physical death, and so will we. Welcome to Shades of the Afterlife. I'd like to start out today by reading Wayne's near-death experience. He says, I was very sick with bleeding ulcers. My medical insurance had expired and I was at home for several days trying to rest and hope that everything would heal on its own. I have had bleeding ulcers since I was a child, have had several attacks through the years and know pretty much what to expect when they happen. I knew this attack was pretty bad. On January 5th, I woke up with a severe headache and knew my blood pressure was very, very high. Mid-morning, I realized I was very sick and telephoned a friend to ask them to come to my home. I remember thinking, this is the last phone call I'll ever make. I was very calm and decided to get into the empty bathtub so I wouldn't bleed all over the carpets and make a mess. By this time, I was bleeding through my ears and was bleeding heavily everywhere. I woke up in a warm, bright place and was confused as to where I was. It took a minute, and I remember thinking, wow, I must be dead. There was no pain. I could see myself. It wasn't like a spirit kind of thing. I looked up, and my grandmother was there. She had died long ago, but it was her. She was wearing a purple dress, and I suddenly remembered seeing her in her coffin as a kid wearing that dress there was a Boston Terrier dog standing beside her. We had always had Boston Terriers as pets when I was a kid, but I didn't recognize this particular dog. I asked her where my mom and dad were. They had both passed away, but she looked at me and said, you can't stay here. You have to go back now. I said, no, I don't want to leave. And she said, I promise next time you can stay. Then I woke up in the hospital. It was very confusing for a couple of minutes and the doctor told me that my friend had called 911 after I had phoned him and they found me in the bathtub with no pulse. Luckily, I was found in time. I spent two weeks in the hospital and have been in decent health ever since, although I still do have bleeding ulcers. But on a side note, I went through a big box of old family photos, and I found the dog with my grandmother. Her name was Trixie, and she was our household pet when I was born back in 1956. I don't remember her, though, as she was put to sleep around 1958. It was definitely, absolutely Trixie who was with my grandma I haven't spoken about pets in the afterlife too much on this show, only a couple of times, I think. And this past week, I found a photo album with pictures of my cat, Millie, and her son, Ozzie. And it got me thinking about pets, the afterlife, the difference pets make in our lives, and how as much as we grieve human beings' passings, we have a lot of pets in our life, and anyone who is a pet owner or a friend of a furried creature, we know just how devastating their loss is. I think animals can find a place in our hearts that we never let human beings, and the more that we love the more grief hurts. So I found a little treasure trove of stories about people who experience pets when they get to the afterlife. There's a great website that I'd love to share with you called nderf.org. Which stands for Near Death Experience Research Foundation. There, you can read and search many near death experiences. You can also share your own near death experiences. It is translated into many different languages. There are lots of resources, there's research studies they do, loads of information, and it's just a great site. So, that is N. DERF.org, the Near Death Experience Research Foundation. So let me continue with some more stories about people seeing pets in the afterlife. Yvette says While I was having surgery, I experienced the following. I was in a park, green grass everywhere. It was very pretty and very clean. I saw a black cat running up to me. It's my amigo my black cat who passed away six months earlier. He ran toward me and leaped into my arms. He feels exactly the same. He was always a solid cat from his years on the streets. I held him tight and so happy to see him. Joy fills me. I even cry a little bit. I hold him, hugging him, kissing him. He's rubbing his cheek on my face. I'm so happy to see him. I think he's so happy to see me too. This happiness is as I've never felt before. I could feel his love and adoration. I have never felt happiness like this before in my life. It was peaceful, comforting, and so fulfilling. Amigo then jumps out of my arms. I see him walk over to a park bench and sit next to an old man. I was about to follow him when I see the old man. Wait, is that grandpa? 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 I shout. Amigo jumps up on the park bench and curls up, asleep, next to Grandpa. Grandpa! I keep calling him. He doesn't look directly at me. He motions with his hands for me to go away. Grandpa, no, Grandpa, it's me, I say. Why doesn't Grandpa want to see me? Why is he telling me to go away? This hurts. All the happiness of seeing Amigo Goes away. Why won't my grandpa come to me? Why is he telling me to go away? I can't move towards him. I can't run up to him and give him a hug. I feel like I'm stuck there watching him, still motioning me to go away. He had a serious look on his face. I was so sad, so confused. I look at Amigo, lying peacefully asleep next to him. Again, I'm filled with love. And zap, I am back, awake in my body. Don says, during my surgery, I became aware of myself, walking in a grassy clearing that was surrounded by trees. At the time, I thought I was seeing a light gray sky in the distance, but now I believe it was a dim light. As I continued looking at it, the light became a pure white light. I wanted to go there to where the light was, and so I kept walking toward it. As I walked, I noticed how lush and green the grass and the forest were. I felt completely at peace and content. Then I heard barking dogs, and I could understand what they were saying. They were playing and planning to go somewhere to continue their game. I turned a corner and there was a group of dogs. I became very joyful when I saw that two of the dogs were my deceased dogs and they were part of the group. I called out the name to one of the dogs, wanting to hold him and pet him. The other dogs took off racing towards the light. My dog turned, looked at me and barked. And again, I could understand him. And in a very scolding tone he said you're not supposed to be here he took off and joined the other dogs and soon they were all engulfed by the light i could see figures there but i could not move it was then that i woke up here's jonathan's story he says this occurred during the middle of the month of may i had gone to the emergency room at the veterans hospital on a Thursday afternoon, with a chest pain that wouldn't go away. The next day, they conducted a stress test, which I was unable to complete, so it was chemically induced to speed up my heart for the test. The next morning, which was on a Saturday, the cardiologist stopped by my room and did the usual stethoscope thing. He listened to my heart and told me I was scheduled for angioplasty stint on Monday. I had a very blah breakfast eating a waffle when the chest pain became intense. I pushed the nurse's call button. That's when, for what I believe was a very brief moment, I had a strange, unusual experience. All of those people attending me vanished, and my mother was sitting on the left side of the bed beside me with my father standing by her. I didn't realize who they were at first because they were both very young, late teens or early twenties. There were other people behind them. I couldn't focus on them because of the bright light coming from something like a wormhole behind them. There were figures of people rushing out of it toward me, but I couldn't tell who they were due to the extreme brightness. I then became distracted by figures to my right which were all of my former pets, dogs and cats that had died, climbing over each other to get to me. They gave me the impression of me just getting home from a long trip as they were so excited to see me. I had time to glance back at my mom and dad and then everything disappeared and all the hospital personnel were there treating me. I was rushed to the emergency room at a nearby cardiac facility when they told me the artery between my heart and lungs was almost completely blocked and a stent was put in and a stent was put in. That was just a few stories of near-death experiences containing pets. So we're going to go diving into this deeper in this episode, hear more stories, and also hear some other ways that we know that pets survive physical death. But before we go, I found a few cute quotes. This one from Donald Hicks. He says, we may have pets, but when it comes to unconditional love, they are the masters. Here are a couple of unknown quotes. A pet's love is a magical force that has the power to heal, comfort, and bring endless happiness to our lives. And until one has loved an animal, a part of one's soul remains unawakened beautiful words time for our break and then we'll be back with more stories you're listening to shades of the afterlife on the iheart radio and coast to coast am paranormal podcast network
0: On the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Listen anytime, anytime place. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals, each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Hey, everyone, it's the Wizard of Weird, Joshua P. Warren. And now, here's more Shades of the Afterlife.
4: To Shades of the Afterlife, I'm Sandra Champlain, and I'd love to continue with some more stories, compliments of our friends at the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation, all containing stories of people who have near-death experiences, but they get to see pets. Okay, here's the next one. This is from Jacqueline. There was a point of knowing. With that knowing came no fear. I wasn't frightened at all. At that point, there is no concept of time. As on my return back to my body and back to this earth, I was told I was clinically dead for 12 minutes. As there is no concept of time, everything seems to move very fast and very slow at the one point. Upon experiencing the tremendous light, which to our normal eyes would seem almost blinding, I first saw our dog, Mr. Miyagi who had passed six months earlier. He had died of old age, but upon that meeting, he was like a lion in his prime, sitting in a meadow. He radiated love for me and for our time that had been spent together on this earth. We didn't communicate through words. It was just a knowing. I then met Malcolm G., who was a long lifetime family friend and a very strong influence in the way my early life panned out. I then saw my mother, Margaret, who had committed suicide eight years earlier. She was beautiful, a petite lady with long blonde hair and surrounded by children as if she was teaching them or talking to them. She radiated peace and none of the trauma she had experienced in her lifetime. Her message to me was very strong, that I was very much loved and to stay connected to my sister. Although Caroline and I have always been fond of each other and had a lot of love, we have never really felt connected. Mom's last words to me were, the only thing that's real is love. My last encounter was with my father, John, who had been brutally murdered 20 years before the date of this encounter by my godfather at our family house with also the intent of murdering my mom, Margaret, My father looked incredibly tall. He was very statuesque with his jet black, brill-creamed hair back. He was looking very dapper. He radiated peace and was incredibly refined and charming. My father in this lifetime was the type of person who had a presence when he walked into the room. Again, I was told I was very much loved and from that point, I felt a tremendous force as if being pushed at great speed. Then I awoke. I regained my sight with no time. I was then told by the doctors that they were still very concerned about me, but I had no fear. Tracy said, I had finished telling my anesthesiologist to tell everyone that I loved them and Al, my partner, that he would be a good dad. I was then put under. I could see the room, the doctors and nurses, and I could feel their fear of losing me. I could tell the intern's anxiety and a few of the nurses' sadness. They barely believed I would live. I could sense others as well, but I was quickly swept into an opening. The best I know to describe it is not so much as a tunnel, but a fuzzy opening, as though the pixels were less clear and darker. I felt pulled through it. The place I was is a hill in Marysville where my grandmother used to pick sunflowers. The grass was so lush and so green. The air was so perfect. Colors had intensity I had never known. I could see and know all of these things with my entire being. A dog's tail waved through the tall grass. A beautiful, fuzzy puppy wagged her tail at me. First, I did not recognize her. I had never seen our dog as a puppy. I was so happy to see her. We had to put her down two weeks prior to my daughter's birth. She had injured her hip. We had given all the surgery we could to keep her, but it did not make her quality of life any better. It had become much worse. We had to put her down on my due date. Our hearts were so heavy with the loss of a dog that generously shared her life with us for 12 years. I followed the spirited dog as she meandered amongst the tall grass. There sat my grandmother looking over the hill as though she had been waiting for me there. When I saw her, I had never seen her so beautiful. The essence of her was so magnificent, and everything around us whispered, Love, love, love. I sat with her and asked her questions. We spoke without words, but with understanding. It was made clear that I was only there for a recess, a term that had been used in my junior school years as a break before lunch. We looked from our beautiful lush hill. There was, however, a split from where the hill ended and the road began. I could see the town, the cars moving, but everything was dull and black and white. Up the hill came my other grandmother, smiling with love in her heart, and then, The sun began to go down. It's not your time. It's time to go. My first grandmother said, I did not want to leave. I pleaded, I do not want to. I can't. You must, she said. You have a child. You're not finished loving. Go. The words were from everything that existed there and beyond that. Maybe what perhaps people call God. Coming to was more painful than I can describe, as I remember and as it has been told to me. I was in the ICU for two days. I struggled with consciousness. I could see these people, people that, when they discovered I was coming to this world and could see theirs, tried to give me messages. One woman wanted her daughter to forgive her. A sickly teenage boy needed to apologize to his parents as he had taken his own life. I was trying to figure out where I was. Al kept saying where I was and what had happened 500 times repeatedly. He would say, Tracy, it's all right. You're okay. You can wake up now. I wanted to help these spirits. I think they were people. Even a baby floated past. They finally gave me a pen and I wrote pages and pages of gibberish. The ICU nurse finally went to get the nurse who had been known to see spirits herself. She soothed me with her words. They are just spirits. Just focus on getting better. It's okay. You have angels, and they want you to come back. With her help, I was able to awake. My recovery took a while, as I mourned being on that hill, seeing my grandmothers and my wonderful dog. This next story is from Kustav. I went to the bank near my house. I walked past a group of stoners. They saw that I had exited the bank and told me to give them my money. I told them to forget it, and I kept walking. They began to follow me, and after a while, one of them pulled out a hunting gun. He told me to give him my money. I told him to wait one second while I was reaching in my pocket for my wallet. He understood that me saying one second was a form of resistance. He shot me. Suddenly I hovered over my body. I could see one of the youths kick me in the head as the group walked away. I tried following them while shouting at them, but they could not hear me. Another person who had witnessed the whole thing from afar had already called the police. Help was on its way, but it needed to be fast. I watched as the paramedic came. Three men came out with a stretcher. What does this matter? I thought. I am already dead so this is absolutely useless. I was able to float away very quickly. I was surprised that there didn't seem to be any spirits here. I decided to go to the farmhouse that I grew up in as a child. I went into one of the fields and found the grave of my childhood companion, my cat Elmer. I remembered he died when I was 10 years old, and I missed him ever since. I could see my messy childhood writing It said Elmer. The sky went completely black. I could not see anything. It was almost as if nighttime had suddenly come without any warning and without any lights. Then I saw a bright white light. It was going upwards. I decided to float up towards the light. I managed to float into the stream of light. Suddenly I felt cold. As I was rising, I saw snowflakes. I saw a piece of floating land in the distance. It had one pine tree, and it was covered in snow. I decided to go to that tree. Below the tree, I heard a meow. I looked down and saw Elmer. Elmer was a white Persian cat. I could not believe it. He was watching me. His beautiful green eyes and long, luscious white fur. Suddenly, I realized I had hands. I was surprised by this. I picked up Elmer. When I held him, he purred. No longer did I feel cold. His fur completely warmed me up, and I felt the energy of his love. It was just like old times. I began to cry in the feeling of happiness. I could even smell him exactly the way he used to smell. I put him down and could tell from his purring and rubbing up against me that I would be okay. Whether this meant returning to life or staying on this floating island, then I realized Elmer's eyes had the same look as I remembered when something got his attention. In one giant leap, he leapt off the island and into the horizon. Then I heard a very powerful voice. It told me, Gustav, it is not your time to die. Elmer will be waiting for you when you get back. Suddenly, I started floating backwards against my will. It felt as though I was getting pulled back. I was floating back down. I saw Elmer's grave once again. From there, I was floating back until eventually I could see the hospital where I was. I saw my body lying unconsciously on a hospital bed. I went inside my body. I woke up and could not talk. I felt pain, but I felt the warmth of recalling what just happened. It's been over 26 years that I've been reading about near-death experiences, and these really warm my heart, thinking about our pets. When it's your time to go, we will be greeted by loved ones, maybe even pets, to help us across the veil. Can you imagine your loved ones there for you, welcoming you home, seeing that bright light, going over, just closing your eyes here and opening them there, and seeing all the pets you've ever had your cats your dogs your birds your horses maybe your pet iguana they'll be there for sure let's go to the break and then we'll hear more stories you're listening to shades of the afterlife on the iheart radio and coast to coast a.m paranormal podcast network
0: Stay there. Sandra will be right back. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics,
1: Hi, this is Ouija board expert, Karen A. Dahlman, and you're listening to
4: the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.
0: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: And now back to Sandra Champlain and Shades of the Afterlife.
4: Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain. There's a million stories of near-death experiences, and I'm fascinated by them. They give us hope and comfort that we go on after death. A lot of people see the bright light, feel the tunnel, see loved ones, but it's not so easy to find the stories about people seeing their pets. So I'm going to continue reading, okay? This one is from Raymond, and he was 10 years old at the time of this near-death experience. I went to Catholic school at the time and was horsing around with a friend after school on the playground. He was showing me a new judo move that he had learned in his martial arts class. He was going to flip me over his shoulder and onto the ground. Something went wrong, and I landed directly on my head. I picked myself up from the ground with the most intense pain in my head and spine that I have ever remembered. I was literally knocked senseless. As I got up, I remember seeing a woman who was there to pick up her kids getting out of her car with a horrified look on her face. She had seen the accident. I turned to run into the bathroom. I am still not sure why, but only made it a few feet before I fell flat on my face on the concrete, and I blacked out completely. I thought that I had a dream when I was unconscious. What else would a 10-year-old compare the experience to? I did not realize what had happened until many years later. It felt as if my body had just come apart and my vision went spiraling out of control swirling colors that seemed to disappear to a point somewhere, like a funnel or something. I was really scared because I felt like I was losing control of everything. Somehow I knew that I had to let go of my fear and just roll into the funnel of a swirling light. My body was gone. It felt like a blender had just ripped it apart and I was drawn into the funnel toward the disappearing point. I just let go of everything. As soon as I let go of the fear, the pleasant sensations began. I still had a body, but it was entirely different. I could see in three dimensions as if I had no body at all, but was just a floating eyeball, for lack of a better explanation. I could see all directions at once, yet there were no directions or dimensions as we think of them. Note. This is the one thing that really bothers me when I hear or read of others' near-death experiences that describe a place, sometimes with rivers and valleys and flowers. This, to me, was not a place like anything here. And I wonder how my experience could be so different from others. Anyway, I was greeted by a being of light and love, but nobody else I could recognize. It seemed to just be a brilliant glow that absorbed me into itself. Love is far too weak of a word to describe this experience. I became love, my entire being. Every strand of my spirit spreading throughout the universe had become love a million times a million billion. This is the point where I have to contradict myself. I said earlier that over there was not a place similar to what we experience here. However, I found myself in front of some giant golden gates of some kind. It reminded me of an altar in the Catholic Church. There was some kind of fog or something that obscured any sense of distance, but my pet dog Skippy was there. Skippy had died some years earlier and was the only one that I had any real family connection with when I was dead. I was overwhelmed with joy and love and embraced my dog with my spirit. Although I don't remember Skippy saying anything to me, we were so happy to be together again. At this point, I was told I must go back, that it was not my time. This is somewhat fuzzy here, but I don't remember any intense feeling of regret and being filled with a no, no, please let me stay feeling. But wherever the voice was coming from was adamant. It was my time and I must return. I had no choice in the matter. If it is possible to describe the funnel experience in reverse, this is what it felt like coming back. It felt like my spirit was being stuffed into a jar that was far too small and painful to hold it. I was fighting to return. No, no, I don't want to go back. The process would not stop. I was returning. I heard voices. Real voices. I opened my eyes briefly and saw a circle of people gathered over and around my body, my face in particular. It was the paramedics from the ambulance and they were rubbing ice all over my face. One of them said, He opened his eyes. I closed my eyes fiercely and tried to go back, go back, go back with Skippy. But they kept yelling and telling me to open my eyes while lightly slapping my face. I was in deep physical pain and felt completely saturated with exhaustion. Next, I'd like to read to you Morgan's near-death experience. I had been going through some hard times financially, and at the time, I was just about to lose my home. My electricity was cut off for non-payment. Here in Alaska, that is not good in the winter months. I had borrowed a generator to provide electricity for the house. It would power my oil stove in order to heat the house. I really was broke, more than just financially, as my faith was crumbling with all the unfortunate events that kept reoccurring. My friend and I placed the generator in the garage, which was attached to the house. We started the generator and then went into the house. We didn't know it but fumes were coming into the house and our minds went into a partial blackout. We were not thinking clearly. Well, sometime near morning, I got up, not feeling well, and stumbled to the bathroom where I blacked out and fell to the floor. For some reason, my friend Neil had woken up and had come to check on me. Everyone was concerned about me because of all the unfortunate events that were happening in my life. He had realized about the fumes in the house and went looking for me when he found I wasn't in the bedroom. He found me in a puddle of blood where I had fallen onto the bathroom floor. He tried to move me, but couldn't, so he grabbed his cell phone and called for help. Morgan says, this story has a lot more to it, but I can't type it here with much accuracy. Anyway, I left my body during this experience And I found myself with my dog, Tramp, who had just passed away a month before. I wouldn't be here now if it hadn't been for Tramp. That dog is the closest thing to me in the whole world. Believe me when I say that it was my dog, Tramp, who saved my life, not the paramedics that came to the house. Now, on this N-D-E-R-F dot org website website, people can type in their near-death experiences. And Morgan in particular didn't tell us all the details. But something I find really interesting that I think you will too is the website asks questions about the near-death experiences. Like in this case, what's the gender of the person? Male, the date the near-death experience occurred, he says November, 2011, At the time of your experience, was there an associated life-threatening event? He says, yes, accident, direct head injury, nearly died of carbon monoxide poisoning. Did you feel separated from your body? Yes, I lost total awareness of my body. How did your highest level of consciousness and alertness during the experience compare to your normal everyday consciousness and alertness? More consciousness and alertness than ever before. What time did you have the highest state of alertness? Right before those shock paddles were applied to me. There's questions about the speed of thought. Were your senses more vivid than usual? He says incredibly more vivid. There's questions about the sounds, the sights. Did you pass through a tunnel? Did you experience deceased loved ones? He said, yes, I actually saw them. Did you encounter or become aware of any deceased or alive beings? He says, yes, my dog, Tramp, and some voices, all trying to talk to me. Did you see or feel a brilliant light? Yes, a light clearly mystical or otherworldly. Did you seem to enter any other unearthly world? He says, a mystical realm that I can't convey in words. I would love to go back. Did you have a feeling of joy? He says, yes, incredible joy. Did scenes from your past come back to you? He writes, my past flashed before me. It was out of my control. It was so real. And I'm certain that I will be with my dogs, Tramp and Lady Girl again in the presence of the light that surrounded us. Did you come to a border or a point of no return? Yes, I came to a barrier and I was not permitted to cross. And then there's questions about the person's religion. And then there's questions. Here's one. During your experience, did you gain special knowledge or information about your purpose? Yes, he says. As it is, I have problems with my health. I've been on so many medications, and they are not good medications, but they keep me alive. As I learn more about why I'm here, I pray that I can play a big part in my kids' lives. It's my job now to teach about faith and God and how we are part of something so much bigger. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. I will never again be afraid. When I was there, I had a very calming feeling, even though you'd think I'd be in pain from my fall and the loss of blood. Are there one or several parts of your experience that are especially meaningful or significant to you? Yes, tramp. How can I tell you? I felt him against my skin, could smell him with my nose, could feel him with my hands. He was there, protecting me the whole time. There's lots of other questions that I don't have time to share with you right now, but I think I've covered the important ones about the dog. When you hear these near-death experiences, they sound really great. You get to see your loved ones again. You get to see pets. You get to feel this unconditional love. Sounds fantastic. Here's the problem. Once these people get back in their bodies, very often they go through grief. They have experienced something so wonderful and suddenly they're back in their heavy bodies. Thankfully, we have organizations like nderf.org and ians.org that can help people through. So when we get back from the break, We'll talk about other ways our pets let us know they're still alive and have some words from a friend about pets in the afterlife. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.
0: Keep it here on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Sandra Champlain will be right back.
2: The
3: Art Bell Vault never disappoints. Classic audio at your fingertips. Go now to coasttocoastam.com for full details.
0: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. It's producer Tom of Coast to Coast AM, and more Sandra starts right now.
4: Back to Shades of the Afterlife, I'm Sandra Champlain. You may have heard this before, but God, spelled backwards, is dog. With our pets, be it a dog, a cat, a ferret, a bunny, a bird, a horse, we get that unconditional love. How else do I know, and why do I believe that our pets go on? One, we know from hospice doctors, nurses, nurses, And family members that have witnessed people just before they pass, we have what's called deathbed visions. People can feel and see loved ones weeks before they die, and they are as clear as they could see you or me. Oftentimes, the family pet shows up. This happens especially with children passing. Also, I have witnessed zillions of medium demonstrations and heard stories from many people who've had medium readings and the medium knows accurate information about the pet. If your loved one shows up and they had a favorite white poodle, very often a medium will say they see the loved one, they're with the poodle. So good mediums are another reason that I believe that our pets go on. Sonia Rinaldi and other people that experiment with instrumental transcommunication, these are through pictures, through videos. As in Sonia's example, she gets pictures from the afterlife, not only having the person who has passed, but very often the picture of their pet, dog or cat, will come in on the same image I personally have done a lot of work with electronic voice phenomena, only to hear messages from a loved one, and then, believe it or not, I've heard barks, I've heard people say the name of a dog, and this has happened on several different occasions. So that gives me comfort that the dog has survived physical death. I know people who can sense the presence, or even see out of the corner of their eye, their pet. I remember meeting a man and once he found out that I'm interested in the afterlife, he decided to share with me a very strange story. He's a mechanic and sometimes he gets so in the zone working on a car and he says out of the corner of his eye, he can see his father, clear as clear can be, looking younger and also the family dog. And as soon as his consciousness kicks in and he looks over, they disappear but he says they are so crystal clear and they're very real. There's also people who have had signs from their animals. I know personally, after my cat passed, I still felt her jump up on the bed. Here's a story from the book, Signs from Pets in the Afterlife by Lynn Reagan. And this book is just packed with stories about signs from pets in the afterlife, by the way. This comes from Judy about one of her deceased cats. Eddie was 13 years old when he passed. His favorite spot in the house was in our bed, just between our heads. He would lie there peacefully and purr up a storm. We always told him, purr us to sleep, Eddie. After he passed, I would wake in the middle of the night because I would hear his loud purr or his noisy meow. We had no other cats in the house. I knew Eddie was letting me know he was still with me. A few months after Eddie's death, we welcomed a new cat, Ginger. Four years later, Ginger became very ill, and we lost her too. The last few months of her life, I had to keep a crate at night beside my bed for her safety. She got very tired of the crate and would pull on the lock all night long, it made a very loud clanking noise. After Ginger passed, we put everything away, yet every night thereafter, I would still hear Ginger beside my bed pulling on the door of her crate. I'd like to play now a few words from Scott Milligan when he is in the trance state. He has sat on behalf of the spirit world since he was 14 years old. He's now a 40-year-old man. And on most Fridays, he goes into trance and we have an extraordinary conversation with a gentleman named Eric, who works through Scott. I've spent over 200 hours with Scott in the trance state and there's no question for me, this is the real deal. You'll hear my question and Eric's response. Eric, I'd like to ask a question on behalf of Hayden.
7: I trust that they are well.
4: Yes, thank you. He says, I put my cat down this morning. It was a 17 year relationship. I know it was the right thing to do, but now I'm having feelings of guilt. How can I best reconcile this within myself? I've heard animals transition like humans. Is there a way to be certain? Will signs come to me if I'm open to receiving them? Or is it just a matter of faith that he is on the other side of life and in good hands?
7: Well, my dear boy, I have to say to you, you need no reassurance to what I am going to remind you already know. First of all, I ask the question, was the decision that you made this day Was it done through love? Then there should be no guilt. Your animals are still souls that are transforming into the spirit. Animals, my friend, may only live for only a short period of time because they know of love. When they come to our side of life, your family will care for them until you are reunited. If true love is there, the animal will remain with you throughout your journey into the greater world of spirit. If there was no love, they will continue their journey in their own understanding as you will continue yours. And what I mean by that, there are animals that are bred for human consumption. When they come to our side of life, they will exist within their paradise with no interference by those who were their master. But animals that are called by name and named by you were named in love Why would it be any different for the grief of an animal versus grief of a person? Love is the same. And therefore, my friend, if you have known love, you will know grief, as that is the shadow of it. Many people who are hearing my words have now empathy for you. And little lights within their minds are thinking of you because they too know the pain that you are experiencing today. But you will dream, you will hear, you will feel, and you will look around your house and you will have glimpses, and then your mind will question did I truly see it, or was it my imagination? The animals, my friends, can make themselves known easier than people like myself. Their vibration is much more finer than ours. Even though they come to the same place, they are treated the utmost respect because they share compassion. I know you speak of cat, but cat and dog are very similar. When you say to your loved one, walk with me, they may say they do not wish to, but the animal will walk with you, rain or shine, snow or wind. You may sit down and they sit with you, not distracted by modern technology. If you are sick, they will sit with you. If you are hungry, they wish to eat with you. There are many thoughts that are different to your modern world now. Your children, once they become more cognitive to their environment. They may wish to hide in their room, be embarrassed to be seen with you, or talk through devices. But animals are different. They like your company. They don't mind if you dress in regalia that may cause embarrassment. They will still sit with you. Animals show compassion. And wish to share their time. Please, for God's sake, however you seek God to be, Never feel guilty. Because what you have done was done through love. An animal that loses its faculties May turn to you and say, help me. This is not who I wish to be. But they may speak in a way not for your ears or for your eyes, but to your soul. It is time. And therefore, my friend, you will see all that you have loved, be it through the rise and fall of your sun of a rise of your awareness within our reality. As you come to our side of life, when it is your destiny, You'll be met by all those who have preceded you, and all animals that have become part of your family.
4: Those words bring me so much comfort, and I know we're going to see our pets again, and our loved ones. But I think there will be a tails the wagon when we cross over, and they'll be happy to see us. If you want to join Scott and I on a Friday, please do. You can find everything we've got coming up, including our free Sunday gathering, medium classes, and so much more. Just go to wedontdie.com and click on the store page, the Sunday gathering page. You can join our Facebook community and so much more. In closing, my name is Sandra Champlain. Thank you so much for listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM paranormal podcast network
3: thanks for listening to the iheart radio and coast-to-coast Coast am paranormal podcast network make sure and check out all our shows on the iheart radio app or by going to iheartradio.com
2: this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. it's a simple truth no matter who you are mental health challenges can affect you
0: Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far...